This morning is Pentecost Sunday, so it's the day when the Spirit was poured out on the church. I'm not sure if it was exactly today, but today's the day when we remember it. I think this mic might keep phasing out, so if it does, apologies for that. Um, And what I'd love us to do is, we have obviously looked at the promise in the Old Testament earlier on. We prayed it over one another, Joel 2, 28, that the Lord would pour out his Spirit on all flesh. It actually says in some version, in the latter days. And that latter days bit is actually the time after the crucifixion, the ascension of Jesus, and then the second coming. So we're living in the latter days. So in the latter days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's you, that's you and I, that's everyone. Everyone out the window, everyone in other nations, the people you see on the telly parting in front of the Queen, uh, that's everyone. The spirit will be poured out on all those who will come and find Jesus. And so what I'd love us to do is, on your tables, I just want you to have a little look in the book of Acts. So, Acts 2. Um, I want you to look at the first five verses of Acts 2 on your table. Um, I'm going to read it out, and then hopefully that will give you a bit of time to find it as well. And so it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And so we sort of joined up the dots, didn't we, in Joel, this thing of unity all together in one place, you can kind of get that there. I think also he's talking physically, not just relationally, but physically they're all in the same room. So a bit like they're all together in Costa. You know, we're all together physically, but then hopefully also relationally, philosophically, values, all that. We're all together in one place. We all believe the same stuff. We're waiting for Jesus. Hopefully no one's here waiting for Moloch, or um, if you're a Mason, you'll know what Moloch means. But we're not about that, are we? We're all here waiting for Jesus, worshipping Jesus. We're not worshipping other gods this morning. We're all about the same thing. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. So this is a physical thing that's happening in the upper room. It's not the aircon's been turned up extra powerful, you know, like these guys on this table. It's quite cold over there, isn't it? It's often cold on that table. The aircon's quite strong. But this is a, a physical manifestation of the Spirit, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So they're in this kind of upper room. It's a house, maybe like a pub or an inn, to kind of join up the dots. And then divided tongues as of fire, so this is a bit strange, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. So literally, again, another physical manifestation of what's going on. Not just a rushing wind, not just observable unity amongst the people, but now there's these literal, like, licks of fire. Have you ever seen a fire where it's... A bit like we had on the worship, didn't we? The, the fire kind of like floating about. Above each person, there was like this demonstration of the spirit in a tangible way that everyone saw it above every head. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. So then a, another manifestation, another uh, demonstration of the spirit amongst them. All of a sudden they started speaking in languages that weren't their own. There were these words coming out. They call that glossalia, speaking in tongues, an angelic language. It's kind of us communicating to God in some heavenly language. It's a beautiful thing. Some in the church, often if we were to go through the whole book of Acts, many people, when they're filled with the Spirit, get the gift of tongues, the gift of glossalia. And others in the church get the gift of interpretation of tongues, which is beautiful. Paul says in the church, if you're all praying in tongues, it's a bit useless because no one knows what you're going on about. I wish you'd prophesy. But he's not saying tongues is rubbish or useless. He's saying, it's a, I pray in tongues more than any of you. It's a beautiful thing. But when you gather, prophesy. 
Draw out the gifts of God in one another. Verse 5, they would dwell... Oh no, we're not going to get on to verse 5, we're just reading the first four verses. So I'd love you just to spend a bit of time, we've obviously just covered a little bit of it, but what does it say to you, what's it speak to you, this, these first four verses? Just spend a few minutes, uh, and then we're going to watch a little video when we come back, someone describing this, and then we're going to pick up off the back of that. I've got a few things for us to think through off the back of that. So we're just going to spend maybe two or three minutes on our tables now, just what, what does this say to you? What's going on? What don't you get? What are you not sure about? Just have a little chat about it for three or four minutes. That'll be over two or three minutes. That'll be brilliant. Great. Okay. Back in the room. Um, so, just, just Natalie, are you ready with the mic? Um, it may cut in and out a little bit. Um, sorry for that. We'll get that sorted out. But um, should we have a little, just a bit of feedback? We don't all necessarily need to feedback just thinking of time, but um, pop your hand up. If there was something on your table you think, oh man, that's, like, that's worth everyone else hearing, um, just give us a shout out. Someone just, we'll get a few bits here. Natalie will run over or I'll, I'll pop over. Go on, Adam. We reflected at the end about how obviously this is an account of what happened. So at the time, they wouldn't have known what it was. Yeah. Yeah, G- Jesus had told them that before the ascension, he's saying, go and wait and pray. And uh, it's better that I go because I'm going to send my spirit, the counsellor, to be with you. Uh, you're going to be empowered from on high to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the earth. Uh, they didn't know that a, a rushing wind would come. They didn't know that all these manifestations were going to come. It must have been pretty frightening. But also, you know that in, in Isaiah, where Isaiah has a vision, I think in Isaiah 1, or Isaiah, Isaiah 6, verse 1, and he just has this vision of like the Lord in his throne room, and he's like, oh, woe is me. Like, it's glorious, but also terrifying. I think this would have been the same, just like, the, like Moses on the mountain. You know, you kind of got the, the rushing noise and the earthquake and everything, but the, the, the Lord is there, but yet yeah, it's also terrifying. I think this would have been the same. Go on, Jerry. Yeah, we, we look at it now and we think, couldn't have happened to a more unlikely bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like us. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's the great thing if we've not banged that nail home enough this morning with all the different verses. This isn't just for those that have been trained or ordained. This isn't just for those who've spent 10 years going to particular courses and they've levelled up to a particular thing. This is for everyone. For every nation, every tribe, every tongue, young and old, male and female, rich or poor, uh, slave or free. It's for everyone. There's no dividing wall. And like Jerry said, these guys were the most unlikely. These they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were people that had stitched up their own kind um, as prostitutes. Uh, and, and the Lord sought to pour his spirit out on them first. It's glorious. And, and are, we, are we not the same? Um, maybe not as bad, we might think, but are we not the same? We're undeserving. Go ahead, Hazel. We were saying that the key verse is the first verse when it says they were all with one accord in one place, not just together physically, but they were one mind and one purpose. And there's a verse in the Psalms where it says where people dwell together yeah. in unity amongst the blessing. So if we want the Holy Spirit to come amongst us, we need to cultivate that. Unity amongst us, a large purpose. Then we said something similar about what we were like. They were just like hanging out together. As soon as they were sitting down, it wasn't really saying they were doing it, it was just like they were just together. 
it's like it's just seemed like it was a normal thing. We're just all together, sitting around, maybe having a chat, and then oh, what's going on? Yeah, Psalm 133. Where my people dwell together. What does dwelling look like? It doesn't necessarily mean they're all deep on their knees, deep end in prayer. You know, kind of, they didn't have tongues at this point, but you know, kind of, it, they're just together in the upper room, waiting, praying, worshiping. They're literally unified. I think that's the thing of it. Like Unity commands the Lord's blessing, and we see it here. It's like the anointing of oil off of Aaron's beard, it says in Psalm 133. It's a beautiful image. Uh, maybe one more? We've got time for one more? Anyone else got something? Jitte? about um, the uniqueness of it um, where it says that the, um, God gave each of them offerings so individual experience and we kind of compared it to you can imagine the billions of people on this earth and no two people have the same thumbprint mm. and that's the uniqueness with which the Holy Spirit filled each of them individually but it was also in unity it was just amazing and just such a dynamic thing you know that's beautiful. So what we're going to do now, I've got a short video. It's about six, maybe seven minutes long. Um, a bit like we had a few weeks ago, you might remember on hospitality, we had a professor. We were graced to have someone of huge intellect amongst us, leading us in hospitality. We've got the same, someone talking about these few verses, about three things that are happening here that we've all looked at, we've all spoken about. And then after that, I've got a few little questions that I'd love us to think about. Then we're going to pray for one another. And we'll also pick it up again later on tonight um, when we gather in the encounter evening, so pressing in for the, for the gifts of God. And so I'll just put the video on. As we think together about the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, I want to read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2, where, we are descri- where it's described for us what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The Holy Spirit uh, came on the day of Pentecost, and the church was born, and the church was empowered uh, to go out and be witnesses for Christ. And a few years ago, though, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, uh, I was struck by the thought that here in these four verses, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, we have, in fact, a beautiful summary description of the, the, the wide range of the work, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, particularly in those three signs or symbols of the Holy Spirit that appeared on that particular day. Um, The wind came uh, and filled the room where the disciples were sitting. And uh, throughout Scripture, wind is a symbol for the Holy Spirit, uh, a mighty rushing wind. And wind represents the life-giving work of the Holy Spirit, the life-giving work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You remember Jesus in speaking to Nicodemus uh, said that the Spirit, when the Spirit came, the Spirit uh, would give life and that we would be born of the Spirit, born from above. Uh, Then think about Ezekiel's great vision in the Old Testament. Uh, He sees these dry bones uh, 
in the valley of the dry bones. And God speaks to Ezekiel and he says, Son of man, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel says, Lord, I don't know. You know. And then uh, we read in that story uh, that God says, I will put breath, wind. Uh, the, the Hebrew word breath and wind, ruach, is, is the same word. And spirit is the same word. I will put spirit uh, in them and they will come to life. And sure enough, uh, the bones began to come to life and they, they became uh, a mighty army there in that valley of dry bones. Uh, so the Spirit gives life, and the Holy Spirit wants to do that in your life and my life, to renew. Uh, you know, if, if you're languishing right now, if you're worn out, if you're exhausted, if you need to be revived, that word really literally means given life again, uh, then pray and ask the wind of the Spirit to empower you and to lift you up. I believe that the uh, Christian life is not so much a rowboat life as it's meant as it is a sailboat life. A rowboat, you know, where we have to provide the energy by rowing to make the boat move as opposed to a sailboat where you catch the wind and the wind does the work. Uh, do you, need to, do you need to put down your oars right now and, and to look to the Holy Spirit to give you new life and power? And then there, there were tongues as a fire that rested on each one of the persons there. And uh, fire in the scripture oftentimes represents the purifying, uh, refining work of the Spirit. Uh, that fire burns down the dross and the scum and uh, causes things that were impure to become pure, to become pure. Uh, Peter, in explaining what happened to the Gentiles, uh, says to the apostles back in Jerusalem, when the Holy Spirit came on them, he purified their hearts by faith. The Holy Spirit brings purity and, uh, you know, something that's pure is something that, it, that is one thing and one thing only. Pure gold is simply gold and nothing else. Um, but, you know, as we begin to try to follow Christ, we realize how impure we are, how divided we are. There's a part of us that wants Christ, but there's a part of us that wants ourselves. And so we often cry out with the psalmist, give me an undivided heart a pure heart that I might fear your name. There's a character in John Bunyan's classic Pilgrim's Progress called Mr. Facing Both Ways. And uh, the Holy Spirit comes to make us pure, to get all of us lined up in the same direction, to give us a will that wants God's will and not our own will. The Spirit can set us free from having to have our own way all the time with all our hearts we can begin to want what God wants. Do you need the Holy Spirit to make you pure in some area of your life today? And then there is the speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost, which to me represents the productivity or the ability of the Holy Spirit to make us fruitful in Christian service. 
Uh, on that day when the disciples, uh, apostles spoke in tongues, people who were gathered from all over the place in the world in Jerusalem heard, the lang- heard them speaking the praises of God, uh, not in the common you know, lingua franca tongue, but in their mother tongues and in their heart language. It spoke deeply to their hearts, made an impact on them. And then Peter got up and preached that powerful sermon and they were cut to the heart and uh, they said, what shall we do? Uh, he didn't even have to give an altar call. They were already asking what they could do to respond. The Spirit has a way of doing that. When the Spirit comes on us, the particular gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Spirit wills for us to have, those gifts begin to, uh, to, to emerge and to begin to be oper- operative in us so that we can be fruitful in ministry for Christ, so that we can do the things that Christ wants us to do. So if he's given you the gift of teaching, when the Spirit comes on you, people will learn. Or the gift of serving, you know, practical needs will get met. Or the gift of healing, sick people will get well. Or evangelism, folks will come to know Christ. Whatever needs to happen will begin to happen as a result of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. Do you need to pray for a a release of the gifts of the Spirit? a reinvigoration of those gifts in your life and ministry, wind, fire, speaking in tongues, it's all there. And as E. Stanley Jones used to often say, unless the Holy Spirit fills, the human spirit fails. Ask him to fill you anew and afresh. You can have a a day of Pentecost right where you're sitting, even now. Amen. And so um, all I want to do is just go over those three points again, if that's okay. And then I'd love us to pray on our tables for one another, with one another. Uh, There were three things. The first one was about the wind. And the question was, are are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out? Do you need reviving? Do you need renewing? He used the image of the dry bones. Do you feel dry this morning? I know sometimes faith can be really hard. There are things that can happen in our lives that make us shrivel up a little bit. And then we don't really, you know, we just feel like it's really a real slog at the moment. Have you ever heard of the, the term, the, the, the dark night of the soul? Uh, where it just feels like God isn't there. You don't even believe it all. You're not sure. You know in theory, but your heart just isn't there. I, I would say that's where you need the wind of the Spirit to blow the nighttime clouds away so you can see the, the risen sun as it truly is. And so if you're feeling tired and worn out this morning, the, the, I think the encouragement wasn't don't row even harder with the oars. Put the oars down, hoik the sail up, and let the wind of the spirit. You might need to adjust the boom a little bit. There's a little bit of posturing you might need to do, a bit of clearing out you might need to do. But the main thing is just like, God, would you revive me? you ask him, he's faithful and he'll come and he'll do it and if you do it with other people I, I genuinely think where two or three are gathered there I am, right there in the middle of it so I think as we gather together, like on our tables now, tonight, the encounter evening, wherever it is like you said, wherever you are, right now you can have your own Pentecost moment, you can even be in your bedroom on your own, it's like Lord I'm tired, I'm putting the sail up would you come and meet with me the next one was about purification like the fire I love the image of like when you heat up a metal, particularly gold, you know, all the dross comes to the top. If you've ever seen people making jewellery, like our wedding rings that we had, I actually lost out my wedding ring. I've got a replacement. Well, I'm not even wearing it at the moment, but we are married. But um, 
I lost our first wedding ring, but chatting to the guy, he, he was talking about how he purifies the, you know, he was like, these are like the pure metals and stuff, heat it up, I scoop the dross off, and it keeps, that process goes on and on and on. And so it's like that, as we meet with the Spirit, it's like the fire of the Spirit brings to the surface the things that just aren't of God. They might be things that we've been doing that we shouldn't do, might even be things that we, we think that we shouldn't think. Might even be things that other people have done to us that have left us feeling worth, like less than we should think about ourselves. Sometimes we can get damaged in the Christian world. Sometimes we damage other people. Intentionally, unintentionally. But all of this stuff's like baggage that we end up carrying. It's all like dross in the metal. And the Holy Spirit wants to just turn up the Bunsen burner a little bit and actually like purify us. So all of that stuff bubbles to the top so he can just scoop it out. And then what's left is, the, like you said, pure gold. Pure gold is just gold. Gold and nothing else. No dross. And so he was talking about sometimes we can be distracted or we can find that we've got a divided heart. And I, I, I don't know about you, do you ever struggle when you sit down maybe to read the Bible just to get your attention on the Bible? There's a million and one things going on. Or you come to pray and you just like, your mind's scattered and it just takes, it's really hard to like, this I think is part of it. There's just so much other stuff that's calling for our attention. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, would you purify us? Would you remove the stuff? Wherever that looks. And it'll be different for all of us, because we're all unique, and we? we've got amazing stories. And then the last one, which I think is beautiful, is actually once, I think once these other things have taken place, and we're kind of almost like purified, renewed, is the gifts of the Spirit, so that we can glorify God. Literally the ministry of Jesus outworked through us. Us going around, doing all the things that Jesus said he would do in Luke 4 when he came out and said, I have been anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives, to restore sight to the blind. He rose the, rose the dead, like proclaiming the year of Jubilee. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? We're celebrating Jubilee literally this weekend. And so I think, uh, do, you feel, do you feel useless? I have times, even as a church leader, I have times in my life when I wake up in the morning and I think, what am I going to do today? I feel useless. The trick is not to row harder and just get worn out. You can't sustain that, can you? You can maybe for a season. But it's to say, Lord, would, would you equip me with the gift of your spirit? It says in Acts 1.8 that when the spirit comes, you will receive power from on high and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the earth. We talk about this a lot as a, a church plant, that we will be his witnesses here in Sittingbourne, in Swale, in Kent, in the UK, and to the ends of the earth. It's kind of our local town, our region, the nation and the nations. Um, even the nation like Samaria was to Israel, the awkward nation that you don't get onto that's next door. So I was thinking, well, if you think about the Ukraine and Russia, it would be a similar thing. Even to the people you can't stand because there's a war going on, you're going to be witnesses there. You know, this is, this is something that bridges the divide, it bridges the gap, it brings unity and blessing. We need those sorts of gifts, don't we? Gifts that remove dividing walls of hostility and actually bring us together. A unified people, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every generation, every social strata, all of that sort of stuff. What a beautiful thing. And so this morning, I'd love us to pray for that. Do, do you want that? I want that in my life. I want to be revived and renewed and purified and equipped and gifted in ways that I don't even know that don't require me to put in more rowing effort but actually just require me to hoik up the sail, try a new thing. Ditch the oars, we don't need those anymore. We don't need the outboard motor anymore, do we? We don't need it, we're going to hoik the sail up and the Spirit's going to take us at His pace, in His direction, 
You've just got to find out by putting the boom up where he's going, what he's doing. Haven't we? It's not down to us. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one leading the direction. We do what we see him doing and we go where we see him going. So, should we do that this morning? Does that sound exciting? You don't seem convinced. <laughs> Brilliant. So let's just spend a couple of minutes praying on that wall. Let's spend a few minutes praying on our tables. We're going to pick this theme up again tonight. So if you don't feel like we've been able to give it adequate time and attention, it's always tricky when we're in a public space at Costa. Um, got car parking to run out and stuff. But let's just spend a couple of minutes praying with one another. That would be great. So Holy Spirit, would you come? We haven't got to pray long prayers. Come and revive me. Come and purify me. Come and renew me. Come and equip me.